kids Come join us at the corner Of the round table Oracle, how you doing? I'm good, Colin. What's going on? Not much, man. Uh, just got getting to do a nice little morning call with you today, which is a nice change from the afternoons yeah. we usually do. Of course. It's, it's rare that I get a break in the morning, so it's nice to, to sit down, get my coffee ready, and, and just talk racing more than anything. Oh, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, how, was, how was your break anyway? Yeah, Christmas was all right. We went down the coast, uh, had uh, Christmas Eve with my wife's family and then saw my brother on Christmas Day, which was good. So first time he's hosted, which is pretty good. Um, then I copped a bit of gastro for the remaining three days after that, which was a bit disappointing. Mm. Just a bit of nausea and at the back end rather than vomiting, but it still put me up in bed for a while. And yeah, it was a bit frustrating, but I oh. definitely was happy to walk away lighter than what I went into Christmas with. So oh, you would have lost I guess a few kilos, yeah. Yeah, there was a few there. So it was good because <laughs> obviously um, the, the, I guess the being in the top paddock, I guess, over Christmas is always a concern for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, me too. Put on a bit of weight these last few months, actually. Are you going to get now that you, you, you're not back in work, are you going to hit the gym or anything like that? Um, yeah, I am. I've just like started... Uh, actually, around like New Year's, I just started surfing again after that surgery. So I'm feeling. Oh yeah, You've, have you been given the green light? Yeah, well, that, it was about four weeks on the fourth of January. So mm-hmm. feeling pretty good now. So I'm back to on this this week. I'm sort of just back to doing whatever I want. Everything nice. feels everything feels healed, you know. But yeah, except for the except for the soul. The Except soul. for the what the soul, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that one this morning. <laughs> yeah, that still needs a bit of healing, but we're on we're on <laughs> we're on the mend. How did you? Good how did you? Did you have a did you have a win at all over the holidays? I, I actually wasn't punting that much. I had a few quaddies on and whatnot, but I um I usually try at the end of the year to have a couple of weeks off just to kind of rejuvenate and and give the account a bit of a rest. And all that sort of stuff. So I end up having maybe I think it was the last two weeks of the year I end up having off, and then I kick back things off in on Boxing Day. No, not Boxing Day. I'm New Year's Day. So uh, yeah. it, it was nice to like I still watch the races and all those sorts of things, but it's it's good to kind of like teach myself that it's not an addiction or anything like that, and that I can stop. So I've yeah. been doing that probably the last four or five years, and it's it's good because you can still track it. You don't have the tendencies to like yeah. You obviously still put the block on your account or that, you know, you can have that, that timeout type thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's good to do that. And then we kicked off boxing, um, New Year's Day and had a couple of losses to kick off the year, which was annoying. But um, I think the last week or so, I've had some really good, really good wins, particularly on Sunday last week, weirdly, at, um, at Nowra, which has traditionally not been my track. So I was quite happy with that. And then Shartin and Happy Valley have been good to me over the last last few weeks as well. Yeah, yeah. I think you I think you're hitting some form. Or starting so. off in Just some form. Got it. For the new Get year. Get the account nice and healthy early in the new year and Gold Coast Magic Millions has always been a traditional good race day for me. So it's usually 
a nice kickoff point for my year and hopefully it can build a bit of a bank for me and then that can fund the rest of the year at least. Yeah, so your uh, your Queensland record's pretty good this time of year, you reckon? I'm, I've, I've had a lot of, I'll call it luck, but I'll call it educated luck there down at Gold Coast at Magic Millions. I find it's quite, it's, it's easy to line up form lines and I'll talk about that probably um, when we go through the Gold Coast card, but it's easy to line up form lines, particularly in those build-ups. Because I know I mentioned in the, in the podcast in the in last year, late last year, about how it's building into the summer carnival. So you see a lot of horses racing around each other. You see the, the hard-fit horses and the ones first up, and you can see the ones that are starting to go places and the other ones which are kind of reaching their peak. So I do find it a lot easier than your standard kind of autumn carnival and even spring carnival where you've got the best horses from around Australia racing. This is more just like that restricted racing with just Magic Million sale horses. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, all right, good. Should we get into the meetings on Saturday then? Let's kick off. So I reckon let's touch on, well, first of all, did you hear about the the Magic Million sale for Sunlight's full sister? No. What's that? Remember Sunlight, maybe four or five years ago, won the three-year-old and then went on to win multiple group ones? Yep. That horse, sunlight, the, yep. So her full sister went for $2.6 million yesterday. <laughs> what? That is $2.6 million she went for. How? Um. So where was that in Australia? That, that was at Magic Millions. Oh, my fucking God. So I'm pretty sure that that broke all the previous records was that it, have been, yeah. Was the previous record uh, one of the Black Caviar ones? Yeah, potentially, or maybe not. There's like, I'm not sure about the previous record. Actually, I think it might have been a Piero Colt. Yeah, maybe. like all too hard one, even maybe. Might have been. Yeah. I remember there's some. Oh, all right. There's been some crazy ones. Yeah. So it was. It was like a bit of a, a battle going apparently with um, Yulong. You would have heard of Yulong Investments, the big, yep. big um, syndications, and then Gay Waterhouse was actually having a crack. Wow. Really. Yeah, so Gabe pulled out at about, I think, a 2.4 or 2.5, and then um, then Yulon kicked in, and they, they ended up getting it, which was crazy. Was that going to be Gay's money, or she would have had people buy into it for sure, yeah. hey? Well, she, I'm not sure, because she does have, obviously, a fair bit of cash behind it, but she might just do her own thing where she kind of buys the horse and then re-syndicates it, her, syndicates it herself. Yeah, surely. She's not, surely she, she's not she, dropping two and a half mil on a horse herself. And, I, and I'm sure she's probably got some pretty big investors behind her as well that are yeah. probably giving her the cash up front as well. So I don't know how the backing of it is, but she was keen and as was um, as was Yulong and Yulong came away with it, which was good. Wow. So if Gay was going after it, like, she, oh, fuck, she must have liked the look of it. Yeah. That'll be interesting. She I didn't get to have to look at her catalogue or anything like that, but obviously on breeding, Sunlight was an absolute champion horse. So, yeah, it's interesting, eh? It's dangerous though with that, like you just never know. Yeah, um, but do you know what was interesting as well is um, uh, I think Sunlight's full brother, he went for $3 million. What? More, yeah. He went for more? Yeah, he went at a different sale though, so it wasn't a magic millions. Uh, yeah, he went, he went for, I think he went for three mil or something around that figure. So did, was, he, was he any good? Well, I don't think he's raced yet. Ah. So he, he was bought for three mil. And obviously, when you're looking at the, the, like the breeding line, Zoo Star Solar Charge, like you can see what they've, those two have produced in terms of their progeny. So, yeah, it's um, super interesting how much money is going around at the moment. Yeah, wow. That's, um, 
It's kind of insane. Like that's that's a massive gamble. Oh, exactly. And massive when you gamble. think about it, how many top line, really expensive horses have actually gone on to be champions? And and I guess, well, you, you know, in in terms of the breeding side of things, you're going to win your money back if they've got good breeding and they win a race or two. But yeah. in terms of like yeah, yeah, like paying that for a, a little filly, in terms of someone like sister, like mm. it's ballsy. But they might make that money back when when and when and if she goes as a in a, as a broadmare, particularly with her breeding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's what they're kind of falling back on, isn't it? Is going into yeah. breeding after they finish. But well, I mean, what if it just comes out and it does nothing? Well, look at look at all the back caviars kind of progeny. I think uh, I think too much caviar is the only horse that's actually won a decent race. So yeah, yeah it's a it's a lot to consider when you're investing that kind of money in in an animal that's. Pretty much, as you said, as, as we said, it's untried. Yeah. Wow. Crazy stuff. Yeah. So it's always good to watch. I think my father-in-law went and checked it out yesterday, so he may have seen that little bidding battle going on. Yeah, I've been I've been to one before many, many years ago. It was cool. Yeah, I find it interesting yeah. how people can, like, look at a horse and um, work out whether it's, you know, going to be a good type or not. Yeah, a lot of it's down to the breeding and then they'll look at lots of different things in terms of, um, I guess, how they look in stature, how well they're developed. Um, a lot of them, like buyers, will have seen them already at the farms at which they were bred on. So they'll yeah. know going into this and then they'll find out that they're certain lot number and, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's worth going and having a look if you're ever around. Yeah, you know, definitely. For the sales and your, it's awesome. The it's a great experience. Yeah, definitely. Um, so should we get Just, into Flemington? Let's touch on Flemington. So Flemington's racing. We've got the Group 3 Standish is the big race going on um, on Saturday. Weather's really, really good. I don't think they're expecting a drop of rain between now and race day. They might have some cloud cover or anything like that and like the normal kind of dew, but I expect we'll be racing on a good four deck. Um, Liam O'Keefe, I think it's Liam O'Keefe. Anyway, the the track curator there is really good, so he'll have the the track in prime condition, being Australia's best race track. Oh yeah. Um, rail is out eight meters, so the best thing about Flemington is on their website they give you those um, those rail stats, particularly for the last twenty to thirty meetings. So when the rail's out, I think five to eight meters, it's thirty seven percent of winners come from on pace, twenty six percent midfield, and then thirty six percent as a back marker. So. Like we always say, it's fair racing in Flemington, which nine times out of ten it is, unless you, you've got the rail out 12-plus metres or anything like that. So most horses will get their chance. Um, so that's a good thing when, you, when you're going to a meet like this, that you can know that if your horse is one that does either drop back or has drawn out wide and they, they like to run on, then you will get your chance pretty much. And it's mainly dictated by tempo and those sorts of things. That's what we love about Flemo. Uh, yeah, I'm what, looking at Helvor sending this. One you've tipped yeah. before, but it never got to run that at start, did it? No, it got scratched, which was interesting. So Hal Borson's won this race, I think, twice before. So he'll he's going, he's looking into this race of of creating a bit of history with this. Um, it's interesting because he loves the straight. We know that. So he's had um, fifteen or eighteen attempts at the track for five wins, two seconds, and a third. Um, distance wise, thirteen starts, three wins, three seconds, and a and a third. So he's he's in prime condition for this, and he's he's dropping back in weight after his his last place behind Jigsaw. But I don't think you can really look into that a great deal because Jigsaw just ran them ragged, and Jigsaw is absolutely flying this prep. So 
I um I think he's a he's a great chance. He's drawn out, which will be interesting. So I'm I'm intrigued to see with the rail in this position where the where the jockeys are, are going to be going down these straight races, where they're going to be like fair, looking towards getting on the fence or even down the middle. So I don't know. Wait and see what's going on. But I think um I think he's certainly a chance. Hal Wilson with Blake Shin on board, that's for sure. Yeah, this is race six, by the way. We should mention. Yeah, race six, Flemington. Yeah. Um, there's a few interesting horses in this race. Now, Western Empire, we know he was the, the WA gun over there. I think he won, what do you win, an Asian bow. He won the railway. And I think he ran a close second in the Kingston town. So he's got a lot of boom on him. He, and he, oh, I think he won the derby as well over there. So he's come over here. He's actually never really performed here because he, remember, he came into that Memsey behind um, Snap Dancer. Yeah. Was, was sound in that race and then went to the, the Maccabi Diva and again was was unremarkable really running fifth behind I'm Thunderstruck and, and Alligator Blood. So in terms of his form lines, like he's coming out of better races, but I'm not sure about him one down the straight and two um two over the twelve hundred meters because yeah. I don't think he's ever raced over that distance before, even in his Perth days. So I'm quite oh, I think he's raced what over eleven hundred on on debut, but then he jumped fourteen hundred a mile and and the rest is history for him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how he goes. I, um, he's with um, John Luke Jr. now. So I know, remember when, um, yeah. this is, a, what's what's his name, that bloody trainer, Bob Peters. So yeah. Bob Peters, you know how he had all the horses with, originally with Grant and Alana Williams, and then he moved him over here to Danny O'Brien. So he's moved now to John Luke Jr. So he's a really, really good trainer, John Luke Jr. So... It'd be interesting to see if he's got Western Empire going. Um, I think you got eight bucks about him. Yeah, you don't see a lot of John Leake Juniors getting around, do you? No, because he's quite a boutique stable, but he's a really effective trainer. So him and his father are both great trainers. They're separate trainers as well. They're not in a partnership or anything like that. So I'm intrigued to see how he goes. It'll probably, this race, to be honest, will probably be more of a watch race. But Western Empire really intrigues me, as does Indian Pacific. Yeah, okay. So WA... just to, on that Western Empire, that um, hmm. that form from that's like I mean, even though it hasn't done a whole lot in those races, like it's racing the best horses we've got in the country over those middle distances there in its last two. Exactly right. So when you're looking at if you're looking at it purely from a form perspective, like he's got the best form lines of any horse in this race comfortably. I, I'd almost even though it's twelve hundred. I'd almost just go that myself at eight fifty and two ninety that I've got here. You could, you, honestly, you could because his first up record's not too bad. He's had three starts for a win and a third. Um, it's yeah, I, I I haven't found a jump out, but I haven't really looked too hard into this. But, yeah. So I'd have to look and see if there's been a jump out anywhere. Could just so, watch and watch and see if if any money comes for it. Then I guess. Well, that's the other thing is as well as. John Lake Jr., he's, his horses have a really, really good strike rate. So I'd just be keeping an eye on it more than anything. Yeah. Look right. for money. And, and we'll talk about that. Um, so, yeah, so that, that race is a good race. Indian Pacific, like I said, is coming over just from WA. I don't think he's going to hang around or anything like that. So it could be a bit of a target race for Neville Parnham with him. Um, Vespertine raced really, really well down the straight on, on Derby Day. Beating Shelby 66, Cristani, Nicolini Vito, Amish Boy, Zethus, who's obviously come up here to Queensland. So he's got some decent form lines and has performed down the straight, um, as has Rose Quartz, Parisval, uh, Ngawa. So it's a nice little race. It's 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 an interesting race. I can't really find a, a kind of like a, 
like a standout or anything like that. But it's certainly going to be interesting to watch, particularly with the the interest of those those WA horses. That's for sure. Yeah, I like the uh, I like the look of it. I'll be keeping an eye on it. Yeah, so keep an eye on it. Um, I thought I'd, before we move on to, to Rose Hill, I thought I'd touch on um, a bit of a girlfriend of ours in Bellet Resh or Bellet Reesh in race five. Yep. I know that the, the listeners are going to be like, give up, mate. She's not, she hasn't won. Move <laughs> on. But it'll be interesting to see how she goes. Like, I think there's been a, a bit of money for her. I think she opened around the what, $5 mark or thereabouts. And then she's into what, three, three fifty three something. I got four, now. $4 here. There you go. So there's been a bit of money for her. I thought, I think she's just been really unlucky this prep. And oh. again, we've got to look, look at her. She's, she's still missed, yet to miss the top three in her entire career. So, um, that second up run was the was she was a dead set moral beat. It, it was oh, ridiculous. I think we were getting sixes for her that day. Yeah, we did. And then she went to Flemington over the fourteen hundred meters on the on that New Year's Day, and that was actually one of my bets that I had first bets of the year, thinking that she's going to get me over the line. But I think the the big weight was a big thing. She sat really handy, so and wrote. Uh, wrote to it Arataki, which was Jamie Carr's mouth, just got all the favours up on on the speed and then kicked away on the bends with with the weight advantage. So I guess you could look at it and forgive that run if you if you wanted to look at it. I will probably be betting on her again purely for the fact that I'm a I'm a I'm a sucker for her and I'll probably back her every start of her career. <laughs> but um she she's suited over the fourteen hundred. It'll be this um whether the moody horse gets gets the right run in transit and, and sees how we go. So, I don't know. I, interesting race. Interesting race. Yeah, Forbidden City, the Moody Horse is in pretty good form. Um, it is. It's done really nice wins. What's this Rhea Yuki thing? Rhea Yuki? Yeah, so it's coming off uh, BM70 there at, um, at Warnable, funnily enough, over the 1,200 metres. Dean Holland's uh, rode it that day behind Dad. I think it beat, uh, yeah, just behind Bab. Danny St. Darcy. It's got a decent second up record to two starts for a first and a second. Um, hasn't actually performed at Flemington though. So that's, that's a big thing. And, and the 1400 meters hasn't been too kind to it either. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how it goes. Um, I think it will prefer a soft deck rather than firm deck, but I don't know. Wait and see. It's certainly something to consider. Yeah. I, I like, I, I wouldn't be scared to jump on Ballot Rich again. Now, well, let's see what happens with the market because if they see, like, Moody seems to have this, like, the big syndicates and the big money guys seem to have this love affair with Moody horses, particularly if Nolan's on board. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if um, Forbidden City starts with a, with a two in front of its name and, and Belt Risk kind of has a little bit of a drift because if I can get around the 450 mark, I reckon, come race day, I'll probably chime in, definitely. Yeah, me too, definitely. We're not yeah. done yet. So. No, no, I want to get a win out of her this prep, definitely. Yeah, I wouldn't mind owning her. I would be pretty happy, like, what she got? Eight starts, grand. two wins, four seconds, two thirds. Never missed a place. Sixty grand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's going to win the money, that's for sure. Yeah. So, Flemington, did you want to... Any others there you wanted to touch on? Or? Uh, not really. I had a look through the field, so there wasn't... Again, standard off-season racing, more the down in Victoria. There, there's not a great deal that I'm looking at that I can see that it's going to jump out to me. Obviously, if I have a look into things a little bit more, then I can obviously post them to to the guys. But at the moment, not nothing, anything. Okay. Uh, so you quickly wanted to touch on um, 
Where are we? Let, Rose Hill? Let's, let's touch on Rose Hill. So, again, off-season racing because, obviously, Gold Coast takes the, takes the card, I guess, or takes the summer carnival, really. So, Rose Hill, weather, same sort of thing as Flemington. We're not expecting any rain. We'll probably be, it's currently a soft five, but I think we'll be racing on a good four come race day. Um, rail's out about three metres. So, again, when you're looking at Rose Hill, the further the rail goes out, the more you tend to think that it's going to favour those on speed or at least up up and in type thing. Um, there's not a great deal. I've got a couple of black bookers running around. So we've got three actually running around um, over this over this meet on Saturday. Um, nice. The first I want to touch on is in race four. Yep. So we've got a gay bot horse for Valor with Sam Clipson uh, yes. on board. Yep. So I I didn't mind I didn't mind it's it's first up run with Nash on board at Canterbury um, on New Year's Day. Um, it, was, it was sat up on speed. I think it just conditioning gave out, and then walk and talk and the ringmaster got the better of it. Um, it. It was really good. I think honestly, when you're looking at the speed map of this race, I think the pace is going to be quite slow to moderate. So I think it's going to lead this race. Um, quite easily, and I'm, obviously everyone knows that I've got a quite a good opinion of Sam Clipperton, and with all the good jockeys away at the moment up north, I think he might have a quite a quite a nice day out there. A lot of those senior jockeys will have a quite a nice day out there at Rose Hill. So, I think if you can watch in those first three races, if you're seeing horses that jump up, hit sit on speed, and kick on the bend, and, and are winning where you're, you're getting that rail and leader bias, then I'd be getting on this fella. And I think what are you what can you get at odds what that six bucks six fifty. Yeah, five fifty and two dollars. Yeah, because I think that's a good price for a horse that you know is going to jump and, and and lead pretty much uncontested. So, with my speed battle, we've got Favell leading, and then I've got Erno, Ringmaster, and Perrin away behind them. So, I don't think there'll be any pressure, and I don't think the I guess the pace will be incredibly quick setting up for a back marker. So, I like that horse. I put it in the black book because I thought his condition gave out to to look for it. Second up, so we'll wait and see. Oh, again, we'll post if I if I see anything, we can put it up in the late mail anyway. Okay, I like the sound of that black book at people. And then we've got race eight um, over the fifteen hundred, the BM seventy eight. So above and beyond, which we were on. What day were we on that? Was that on? Oh God, Box, that was Boxing, boxing Day. No, it was yeah Boxing Day. That's right. That was sensational. Remember, it flew down the outside. Yeah. and um, sixteen. Did we get yeah, it? Was, I think, yeah, I think we did get 16. Yeah, something, something ridiculous, like anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, Dano's grandfather loved it, which was good. <laughs> so yeah. um, it, it was a really, really good win. Um, what was interesting, though, is you would have seen second place in that race. Miss Lenore went around yesterday at Warwick Farm. Yeah. And then couldn't get the job done behind Aaron Moore. So I'm not sure if the form line sticks up because I know that above and beyond had that clear run to the line when Miss Lenore kind of was was between getting held up, running, and then finally got clear air and established the line as well. So just be cautious of that. And again, above and beyond has that racing pattern where um, it drops back and then it runs on really well. So if, if you're seeing kind of that leader bias, like we spoke about earlier at, at Rose Hill, then I'll, I, it's certainly not going to be a bet. And funnily enough, it's actually nominated for one of the races up here on the Gold Coast which is unlikely to get a run because I think it's second, third, or maybe even fourth emergency. So yeah, just yeah. keep an eye on it. It's got, it's got John Allen on board, who I've got a good opinion of. Um, I just think that we just have to be a sit and watch for him. But I've got a good opinion. I think the horse is flying. Like, I think when you and I run at that Canterbury meet where it was just running up bums the entire time, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, that's right. And do you think do you think Rose Hill's not um, the best track to kind of be getting back on? Uh, I prefer it Randwick. That's for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Look, that's yeah. Kind of have and then to that. Have a look and see if it's run, if horses are running on down the center of the track, then definitely it'll be considered a bet. But just just for the time being, it might be a sit and watch until we see how that try that. That uh, I guess that rail is and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Lovely. And yeah, and then the one last, there, yeah. yeah, and the last one is race nine, the Lassafile. Um, we well, I was on it in the Bell of the Turf there at Gosford on I think the twenty eighth of December, maybe or, or late December anyway. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. It was really really good race over the mile. Jay Ford was on at that time who. He's been a bit out of sorts in recent times. Um, ran really, really well. Second into second. Deny knowledge was just too good, which yeah, is that mid-camp horse that came up. Pumped him in that race, yeah, so, didn't it? Yeah, so I've, I've had this horse in the Black Book pretty much since it's, um, it's his Newcastle run, funnily enough, in, in mid-November. So I've just been like trickling away at it, picking it, seeing how we go. I didn't get on it. Well, I, I selected it for the Bell of the Turf and gave it to you guys, but I didn't actually physically get on myself. So... I hope it's building for a run. I think it's running really, really, really well. Um, whether or not it gets here at Rose Hill is, is a different story, and I don't think it'll be a bet for me because I think it's pretty short in the market. Six fifty, I've got six fifty yeah. and two forty. Yeah, and then Ben, ben Cohen, the Irish guy, has come out here. He hasn't exactly set the world on fire. I think I, I read a stat that he was like one or two from his last fifty rides or something like that. So that doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence in him. That's for sure. Mm. It's not, a, not the best strike rate. No, it's not. Particularly if a guy who's trying to settle here into to Australia. So, yeah, it might be a sit and watch. But in terms of like, real bets. South African yeah. batsman with better strike rates than that. <laughs> hey? That's a bit... Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, they're a bit... <laughs> God, God, they were shit-ass, weren't they? Yeah, I know. I yeah. know one of the fellas that, that works for me, Vian, his father... And him is South African, and I know, I know they weren't too impressed with the batting lineup this this summer. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, geez, like I mean, even their bowling was pretty trash as well, to be honest. Yeah, Rabada's he's a good job. He's a that's a good jockey, a good bowler. I um I thought he was good. Um, certainly their bowling attack kept them in the series. I know yeah. we won two 0 and all that kind of stuff, but I think if their bowling attack didn't step up, it would have been a bit more of a bloodbath. And I reckon we would have yeah. uh, probably had <laughs> probably had maybe. Three two-day tests, definitely. Yeah, a few double tons. <laughs> Just a few more than what we already had. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so what, what do you reckon about the last file? Probably another one. Probably miss. Just, again, when I put a horse in a black book, I don't necessarily back it every time. That I think if, if the race shape looks right, then I'll, I'll post it. But right now... The only bet that I would consider at Rose Hill would be for Valor, but that's only if it's more leader pace, leader on pace bias, yeah. I think. Not much of a field in that Thalassophile race, though. No, it's not, but... It, you yeah. never know. You, you never know. One of these horses could just really just step up. Like Arnold. Arnold had that huge boom on him, and he's just done nothing. Yeah, true. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Wait and see. We'll be uh, focusing mainly on Gold Coast anyway. Okay, let's go there. This is the this is the one, the so magic mirror. So, so weather's fine. I know you could probably give me a better indication about what the weather's like down there. So weather's fine. No rain's predicted. So 
the rails out one meter between the 950 and the 350 meter mark and then true the remainder. So when you look at it, that's probably around that back straight coming around the bend and then just at the top of the straight, you'll probably the rails out a little bit. So yeah, I think you're going to expect um, fair racing there at the Gold Coast on Saturday. Now, you, I think there was a big kick up about the, the track and how it played last weekend. Um, people saying it was very leader on pace bias, but I, I didn't think so. I thought it was more um, tempo related. Like you looked at um, Archer's Paradox in the 900 metre race. It, set, it had no pressure whatsoever. Ran home really, really well. And the bopper obviously flew home for the second. So, yeah. Do you reckon it always I, plays I, a, bit, a little bit into the leader's hands there? If they cannot, if they don't get pressured too much, though. Yeah, well, that's what's going to happen. If if the horse is if if a horse up the front gets no pressure, then it's going to run, it's going to jog along, it's going to be end up being a sit and sprint. Because you got to think like it, if it's a sit and sprint, then every horse is running at the same speed. There's no pressure. It takes off. It's already got what a two one to one to three length um, advantage over any other horse trying to catch up with them. Does that make long, sense? Yeah. But, and how long's that? How long's that straight at the Gold Coast? At the GC, I think it's around three hundred and fifty meters. I'll confirm that there with me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I I don't think so. And I I think the the Gold Coast, in terms of being a leader bias track, I think yeah, four hundred meters straight. So it's a decent oh, long yeah. straight there. So you have got plenty of time to wind up, get in your position, and, and go for it. Yeah. So so yeah, I I don't. Think, I actually really like the Gold Coast as a track, except when it's really heavy. Yeah. Which, like when it's really heavy, it can be really hit and miss, and it's really hard to to identify who's going to win because where it's hard to identify where the good ground is more than anything. Yeah, gotcha. But but it's getting a huge reno done. They're ripping up that track after this anyway, so it'll be they've got I think one of the world's best curators taking over that track development as well. So it's going to be a world class track once he's done with it. Are they going to do some of the, that Eagle Farm drainage system on it or something? I'm not sure what they're going to do in terms of the turf and the drainage system, but I know that they're doing a full refurb of the track. They've got the Syntho track um, you know, on the inside now, and I think they've got a sand track as well, and then they're going to put in some lights. So we're going to do some twilight racing oh. and light racing at the Gold Coast in the near future, which is pretty awesome, eh? That is unreal. That yeah, is beautiful. I love, I love twilight racing. I just yeah. think it's the best thing. Yeah, so, I mean, having it on like a Friday would be such a good like – Little Friday night thing to go and do with the boys, I reckon. Absolutely, I couldn't. I could not agree with you more. Yeah, and like they get to do it down there in Melbourne at Mooney Valley and Canterbury. I don't know how many people are making the trek out to Canterbury, but um, <laughs> yeah, like it'd be great. It'd be great to have it on the Gold Coast. That's such a good idea. I can't believe it's taken them this long to do it. Oh, a hundred percent. It's it's a really really good track, and the setup where where it's in is it's good. It's easy in and out. Cabs mm. can get in and out. How's the bus um, party weekends? You know? Oh, <laughs> so many people. Throw that in there on the it, Friday night. Oh, exactly. That's it, 100% agree. And and the way that they I think they're updating the facilities as well. Like there's there's a couple of really good enclosures, but the one is right near the mounting yard. It's so good. Like I've been to a couple of functions there, just on the left side there. So you can literally yeah. walk out of your, your function room and you're watching the mounting yard and then the finishing line's yep. there as well. Like it, it's a really, really good setup. Yeah, I've sat there before too. It's it's great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get into these races, I reckon. Right. Where? Which one? Are we covering all of them? 
I reckon we touch on all of them. I've, I've got some of them I'll, I'll discuss a bit. I think we'll touch on the two-year-old and three-year-old at length, and I'll go into a few little things with that. But okay. in terms of a couple of the others, it'll be pretty quick. Like the first race is the Country Cup over the 1,200 metres. Yep. Um, good, luck, good luck picking this one. It's like a highway. Heaps of different form lines. Um, I don't want to touch on anything, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Done. I feel it's a really tough one because you've got horses. Well, there's a horse called Brad. Rocky. There's a girl called Brad, yeah. <laughs> He's at 12, 12 bucks, couple of a win. Um, yeah, I I think it's an incredibly difficult race to, to even decipher because there's so many different form lines. So we can probably move on to that. And the same thing can be said for the second race as well, which is a the two-year-old maiden plate. Oh, yeah, right. Well... How's, how's this? For a Magic Millions race, the winner of this race gets $500,000. Wow. Hey, how do you qualify yeah. for this? Is it on like price or something, uh, sale price or? So this you get, so with this, nah, it's, it, you, essentially you've got to be a Magic Millions horse, obviously, but you get drawn out of a hat, essentially. Wow. Fuck. Yeah. Imagine, buying one, there for, imagine buying one there for like fucking 20 grand and then. You get and then drawing out of a hat. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. 500, 500 grand for first, 300 grand for second, 90, um, sorry, no, sorry, stand corrected, 300 grand for first, 90 grand for second, and 45 grand for third. So, and they're paying up to two and a half grand down to 11th. So, I'm, why wouldn't you enter the horse? Jeez, oh, that's unreal. And pretty much anything could probably win this. Oh, honestly, it, they're all maidens, they're all unraced, so it's super hard to, to determine. I wouldn't even bother even looking at it. The only thing that I would suggest if, if you have to have a bet in this race is just look for late market moves, yeah. particularly from your particularly from like your your stables which do punt. Yeah. So thing uh, like stables like Bjorn Baker, he's yeah. a he's a punting stable. Um, there's not many others really that you could see, but yeah, just look for late market pushes if you have to have a bet, and then go wide if you're playing. Is that is one of the, is the early quarter that leg or is there's the early quarter starting race three? Um, I can't tell at the moment because it's not bringing it. Up. Oh, hang on. Yeah, it's not bringing it up. But I would say oh, it probably starts in race three. I reckon on these bigger, bigger cards. Yeah. Yeah, I would suspect so. But if mm. if it is for some unknown reason in the early quarter. I'd just be fielding it, to be honest. To yeah, be honest. yeah, for sure. And what's interesting to see is as well, Steel City, $5.10 second favourite, or five-buck favourite, Steel yeah. City, can you see that there? Yeah. So we, funnily enough, J-Max booked for it and desperately, but Steel City's not obviously in the field, I don't think. Oh, yeah. So not they're, yet anyway. They're all emergencies, those ones down the bottom. I think so, yeah. I'm just trying to see if I can find the how many there are. Can't oh, yeah. see it there, but yeah. So, yeah, it's an interesting race, bit of a lottery. Um, just look for late market pushes if you are. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we'll get into race three. Yeah, let's look at race three. So this is actually quite a good little race over the the two thousand two hundred meters, the sub zero. So lots of different form lines. You can probably see that that's predominantly obviously um, Brisbane Brisbane based horses or Queensland based horses, but a couple of Sydney based horses have have made the trek. I think most notably would be. Um, Skylab, yeah. Now he bring, he brings the superior form lines there. He's run second to Diamil in um, the Summer Cup, the Group Three one over two thousand meters. Um, 
he was very unlucky in that race. And I think if you look back at the form lines there, Berterbeck form, franked that form last weekend, absolutely rocketing home down the outside in his last start, clocking some really, really good late sectionals for, I think it was a fourth, fourth or fifth. So I think Skylab, the only problem that I have with Skylab is one, he's conceding weight to a lot of other horses in this race, but also that barrier in barrier 17. Yeah, okay. As wide so as it gets. Wide. So I, yeah, it's so out wide as it gets. I don't know where he's going to get in the map. It, it's, yeah, it's, it was a bit of a nightmare draw for him, to be honest. That, um, Ty, so, what is it? That Ty Reeser, that's an emergency yeah. in this, is it? It's not in this field. Yeah, it's definitely an emergency. Yeah. Good horse. Yeah, it just had a big run with like that no weight on its back. Um, it did. The other weekend, I was looking at it. It took a long time to yeah. wind up, but. Yeah, it only, well, it only went down by about half a length to um, to Deficit, who's actually in this race as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it's a really interesting race. And I think, like, if you're looking at it, like, you obviously got big boy Roy there with J-Mac on board. He, I think he can forgive his last run at Doombin over the 2000 in the shootout. He just never got a clear crack at him. Yeah. So, he's a horse that I know, um, if, if Chris Waller's obviously put J-Mac on, then obviously that's a sign, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Yeah, and Wait, then is so Nash, he, Nash is around? Is Nash ra- racing in this, on this card? No, he's not. Did he, is he suspended? I think he might be suspended again. Uh, I think I can remember the watching the ride. He probably got suspended for. <laughs> yeah, he, he's such his a way out. Is, yeah, <laughs> he's a, such. He's such a. He's the best rider you have, like to have on your horse when you're punting on it. Yeah, but. God, he's ruthless, isn't he? Yeah. I think I remember watching it. It might have been at uh, Canterbury the other night. And I was yeah. uh, watching it with uh, Chocomir in Melbourne. And we were on it. And he's like bashed his way out off the fence. And, and he's won, I think. And I've gone that he's going to get suspended for that. And, yeah. uh, and he Wouldn't must surprise have. me. <laughs> yeah. Would not surprise me if he's been suspended. Because he's just he, the most suspended jockey in Australia. Yeah. But isn't he just isn't he just unreal? Like, oh. and he's in great form yeah. at the moment. But like, you, like oh. you see it all the time. Like, he just lifts them. Like, he just gives them extra lengths. Like, I don't think anybody else does it better. Honestly, it, I am so stoked when I go through the nominations and see like a horse that I've got in the in the black book or a horse I wanted to watch next start, and you see Nash get booked, and you're just like, yes, yeah, so much more confidence in it. You've got an extra like, you length. Just know that. Yeah, you just know that he's going to get the best out of your horse. Yeah. He just the way he balances so, them up and just gets them to respond, it's, um, it's re- it really is just like skill. Yeah, it is. 100%. So that is a goddamn shame he's not at this meeting. Yeah, I would have loved to see him up here. I would have loved to see him on King of Sparta in the sprint, but we'll, we'll touch on that soon. Yeah, okay. So sorry, All where right, were sorry. we? So sub zero, I think it'll be just. I, I'm not going to be betting in the race because, but I think the when you look at the odds of of the race, like it's, I think it's what five dollars the field or thereabouts. Yeah, the Skylab favourite, and then the rest is there's quite a few horses in in single digits. Yeah. So, yeah, I I don't have anything really to say about that race, but I think it'll be a good little race, and I'm I'm really keen to see how Skylab goes from that barrier and where he ends up with Jason Clett on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, too much, too much caviar too, isn't that? Yeah, who's coming off two two wins, twenty two hundred meters. Yeah, Regan on. So yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, so, yeah, it's interesting. It's a, it's a good race. Lot, lot of, like, I'm, I wouldn't talk anyone out of any of backing any horses in that race, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, right. All right. Anyway, we'll move on to the next one. What, race four? So the next one is the Syndicate race. All right, wait for age, 1,200-meter race. Um, very simple, this one. Scalopini's immoral. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Old Scalopini. Yeah, he, I loved his trial um, on the 20th of December at Doombin over the 8.40. Forrest was on. He just looks to be absolutely airborne. This looks a target race. He's got a great fresh record. Uh, Mark Zara is booked. He's drawn really, really nicely. I just can't fault it. I actually took $6 all-in ticket on him, and now he's, what, 2 bucks. Three. What's he at? Three, you bastard. You got him at six. Nice. There you go. So I've got a nice little like all-in ticket. And then obviously if he starts with around a $2, $2.50, $2.30, then I'll just lay him back in my outlay and I'm not going to lose on the race. Simple as that. So he's, I think he's awesome. I didn't like 11-11 start um, in the razor sharp behind Sky Command. I think I just don't know if he's come up this prep. Trial was all right at Rose Hill on the, just before New Year. But again, I just think Scolopini's wound up ready to go. Marks are on. Tick, tick, tick. Hey, you, uh, you said, you know how you were saying Boris Thornton rode him last time? Mm. Don't mm. It actually annoys me that in these sort of meetings that they take the local rider like Boris off, who can ride like really mm. well. They take him off and chuck Mark Zara on. It's like, yeah. if it's like, and if the other guy's winning races for you and he's right, like he's not, he's not that bad, worse of a jockey than Zara. He just doesn't have no. the same doesn't have the same name because he doesn't race in Melbourne and stuff like that. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, and well, Damien Lane rode him when he was down in Melbourne over the Spring Carnival, but then Boris has been his regular jockey up here in um in Brisbane since I can remember. Yeah, so, just, yeah if I'm, I was the owners, I'd just keep him on. I'd just say leave Boris on. Give the fucking poor boy yeah. a paycheck. What's like, I'm hell? I'm of that opinion as well. If the horse does, if the the jockey does all the track work with them, the trials with them and stuff like that, then that's a clear sign. The the jockey has a really good relationship with the horse and knows the ins and outs of it. Yeah. But again, Mark Zara is an elite jockey. You, you can see what he did with um with Gold Trip in the Melbourne Cup. So yeah, yeah. I'm and again, no doubt Dano will be sending a few texts to him, telling him to get the job done. So we'll be right. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, we will be. So that's a bet, Scalopini. Scalopini will be a bet. Um, let's go to the Phillies and Mares, which is the 1,300 metres race. So race obviously it's a, a, yeah, three odds and ups, just the Phillies and Mares, so females essentially. It's a really good race. Quite open and a lot of different form lines. So um, we've got Kiku here, obviously. We've got Baros, uh, Barossa Rossa, who is absolutely airborne at the moment and drawn so nicely. Uh, Brooke Spire, who's had the boom on her, standard Waller horse that had a boom that hasn't really gone on with it. Mimi Lagarde, who's got a great track record here at the Gold Coast and actually is trained on track. Yep. Jamea, who I really liked her trial there on uh, early January. And then you've got the, the, the South Australian horse in Diamonds coming up as well. Oh, really? Yeah, and has, has done really well. So you can't really fault that horse's form either. So it's a long way to go. Yeah, I'm yeah, so these I find these Phillies and Mares races, there's this year there's there isn't a standout. Last year there was Snap Dancer who we know is a girlfriend of mine and <laughs> it's just well she was such a weapon. Yeah. Um but this year I, I can't really seem to find a horse that's jumping out at me. And if think if you if you put a gun to my head now I'd be probably backing Barossa Rossa just from that draw because I think she she was fantastic last start. 
in the in the nudgy. Yeah. So she just got she sat just outside lead into the into the breeze. She kicked on the bend and then Salatine almost roped her in, but I thought she was wonderful. And yes, I can get that her SP wasn't great. I think she started around like the twenty four dollar mark or thereabouts. So the the big syndicates and the money didn't really want her, but I thought she was huge. Yeah, right. And Jimmy Byrne has a great association with her, and Tracy Bartley. She's such an underrated trainer. Yeah, okay. So Interesting. if yeah, and I thought Kiku Kiku had had her chance last start in that in that nudgy. So. I don't know why she's favourite over Barossa Rossa. So, yeah, wait and see. Good race. Yeah. Jamea's um, running some pretty good races. Oh, Jamea has. Backing her a few times in. It's probably like yeah, better fields racing. than this, right? Absolutely. Like, she's been racing in Group 2, Group 1 company pretty much her, pretty much the last year or two. Mm. So, she... she and that trial that she had down at Warwick Farm there, Tommy Berry was on, and I thought it was a really, really good, good trial. He gave her a kick up the guts just um, just around the bend. She picked up really, really nicely, and then she she pretty much went untu- un, un, untouched through to the line, and she was looking really, really good. So I wouldn't be putting a pen through her, and, and she's won first up before. Yeah, I'd be having a good look at that at $10 and $3.30. Absolutely, definitely. All right, so race six. Race six, we've got another moral here, King of Sparta, simple Ooh. as that. Lovely, dollar J-Mac on board, dollar $1.80 I've got here. So Yeah, so I've got another all-in ticket at $4.50 of King of Sparta. Oh, jeez. So <laughs> I'm sitting on a couple of nice little all-in tickets, so I'll probably end up, if we see a bit more money come and we're around the dollar seventy mark again, I'll probably lay King of Sparta for my outlay. <laughs> And then just win on the race, um, yeah, or not nice. lose on the race. But if you're looking through this field, what what really can beat it? The only <laughs> horse that I could really, really look at would be Hard Empire. Yeah, okay. All right. So remember Hard Empire. Remember it was the race where Forbidden Love. It was the I think what it was. I think it was the missile. Remember it stormed down the outside there at Randwick and just came out of nowhere. At 101 to 1, remember, it it, it burst everyone's quaddy bubbles. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So the horse actually has a really, really good first up record. Nine starts, four wins in the third. Um, Has won at the distance before. The only issue, it it hasn't really performed at the track, but it's trained on track by Toby Toby Edmonds. And funnily enough, um, the last time it won, which was in that group two missile, Rachel King was on board. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and to be honest, the trials of the horse uh, at Bow Desert um, in November and December, they're actually really nice trials. So if you're playing, oh, it's not in the quaddy legs, but if you, if you, if you don't like King of Sparta or you think it's too short, just have a little bit on hard empire. Cause I think you can get a decent price about it. What? 13, 14 bucks. Yeah. 12 and 280. I've got here. It's coming there you go. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be putting a pen through it at all. Yeah, okay. Okay. But if you were the owners of King of Sparta, mm-hmm. how, wouldn't you be laughing? This is a $1 million race or something, isn't it? Wouldn't you be laughing just landing in this field? Oh, absolutely. Like, prize money for the winner is 580 grand. Yeah. Wow. Cause, and remember, he won the he won the three-year-old classic last year with, with Nash on board. Yeah, yep, yep. 
Ah, oh, I wish he was here. I just wish he was so here. So do I. So do I. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think King of Sparta's immoral. And then if you're really, really nervous, I'd put just a little bit on um, Hard Empire just to, to save. Okay. All right. Good. So, race seven. All right. Let's touch on it. So, this is this is awesome. So, this is our two-year-old classic. So, one of the main races of the day. Um, prize money is one point, almost just under $1.2 million to the winner. So, huge, huge win, huge money. Yeah, okay. All right. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy, eh, when you think about it. Oh. So there, uh, there's there's quite a lot of good horses in this race. So I, I think we'll just start with, do you want to go in market order? Do you want to go in numerical order? Um, market order. Market order. Okay, so I've got I've got yellow brick favourite um, with the bookie that I'm looking at. Which bookie are you looking at? Because I'll just do the same one. I'm looking at sports bet. Sports bet. Bear with me. I'll get that up. Cool. Yeah, so we've got about $4 favourite with yellow brick. Yeah? Yep. All right, so yellow brick. Um, you you guys are aware of obviously my um, what my thoughts are on horses that go up the hill at Toowoomba and perform really well and then they go to their next start up in distance. Yeah. So if you're looking at Yellow Brick here in this race, he was at um, he was in the King of the Mountain race, I think it was. You yeah. know, the one up at uh, Toowoomba on... Uh, on the, I think it was New Year's Eve. It was New Year's Eve. Yeah, it was New Year's Eve. Remember the Saturday? Uh, yeah, I don't the, think the, I was... un, the, unfor- the unfortunate race where Nick and Ovo had to be euthanized after being. Ah, uh, yeah, I wasn't watching. I'd clocked out, but um, yeah, was it was it that one? Was it? Yeah, that race. So he sat off speed, kicked on the bend, and just rocketed through the line over the twelve hundred meters. I think the horse is absolutely airborne and you can't fault it. And to be honest, you could probably make a case that he should be undefeated because his only defeat happened, I think it was in Ipswich on a, on a heavy surface, which I don't think he fully handled. So I think he's a, a ripper chance. And, and I think he's honestly rightly favourite for this race because he's flying, absolutely flying. Yeah, it's he's good, drawn good looking really, record. really nicely. Yeah, really, really good looking record. So he's drawn exceptionally well. So I've got a really fast tempo in my opinion, with this race, because we've got quite a few on-speeders in, in Latakia, I think it is, the the Golan Horse, Yellow Brick, Tijuana can roll forward, so can Hell I Am. Spiritualized, we know after last weekend, we can roll forward, and as can Shillelagh. So I think it's going to be a fast pace. So it'll be interesting to see where uh, Yellow Brick ends up in the race, but it wouldn't surprise me if it's either sitting outside lead or just parked in behind there. Yeah, okay. I like the sound yeah. of that. Yeah, so it's it's a really good horse. Then we look we're looking at the second favorite Russian conquest with J Mackwood. Yep. So she was yeah, the Russian. So she was immense first up in the in the Gosford Guineas behind um Anna Vinci. All right. Easily had Hell I Am covered, easily had Shillelagh covered. So when you're looking at those two, I'd be more inclined to back Russian conquest over those two in this race, simply because one, I think she's a better horse. She's up in distance. She's got J-Mac on board, and she's actually drawn really, really nicely. So I like her in this race. Whether or not she's a bet is a different story. Ooh, she was second, second last year in the Magic Millions to Cool and Gutter. She was, yeah, behind Cool and Gutter. Yeah. So I actually had a bet on her in that race with Tommy yeah. Berry on board. So, Me too. Yeah, it was, it was a really good race. I think she's really come into form, and, and we know she's handled the Gold Coast track before. So 
I think she's a good horse. Spiritualized, that was just an absolute peach from Jimmy Orman last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. So I, I had I had some serious doubts with him running out a strong twelve hundred meters, particularly after I'm um, sorry, thirteen hundred meters, which was last start, particularly after um end assembly and golden burn gave him wind burn. But I think he may have pulled up with some issues last start because he, he was what twenty lengths last, I think it was. So yeah. um I thought that was it. And the fact that um Tony's gone now to this race over fourteen hundred meters. I don't think he's going to have his way up front like he did last start, and he's drawn the absolute car park. Yeah, oh, so I, I do near him. I do have concerns with that, and I know that a couple of the boys know a couple of owners within this, and um, they might have different opinions of this. And again, I'm I'm, I'm going to say I'll, I'll I think he'll struggle with fourteen hundred meters purely with the amount of pressure that I expect him to to get from this race. So if he got to this race and he let it up on his own, I think he might get stretched to 1,400 metres. But right now, with the way the race shape is, I, I'm, I've got concerns. Yeah, surely not from that barrier. Surely not. Yeah, not from that barrier. Um, hell I am. Uh, the fact that J-Max jumped off board and that Russian Conquest had it covered relatively easy last start has drawn slightly poorer than Russian Conquest. I, I could probably put a pen through that. Okay. Um, an interesting runner in this is Tijuana. So, the, the obviously the Melbourne-based horse. I haven't looked in. Again, I haven't looked in too deeply, but I, I did see it had a trial um, on the third of January on the the Gold Coast track. I haven't checked it out or anything like that. I know it just. I know it just went around. Yeah, but one point really, six I'm really... off the indiscreetly in snow zone. Yeah. So I haven't watched the, the the trial itself yet, and again, smaller field. It's hard to get a good turn with it. Whether it was just a run around, um, I'm intrigued by, it, particularly with Mark Zara on board and the fact that they brought it up here. Um, it's got a it's won before first start. It's got a good record at the distance. So yeah, it's it's one that I'd definitely be putting in the quaddy, definitely. But it's just one of those ones that I've, I'm a bit puzzled on. That's for sure. It wouldn't surprise me if it if it won though. 0.8 lengths off Golden Mile, two starts to go over 1,600. That, like, look at that form line. That's pretty good. Like, Golden Mile was a bit of a freak, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, right. yeah, that certainly something to consider. Um, look at Stroll is the next one. So, Stroll was probably one of the unlucky runners there in the Vaux Rogue over the 1350 at Doombin on New Year's Eve. And I think everyone was like, oh, my God, um, Stroll was a moral beat and that kind of stuff. Where I don't agree with that. Um, I honestly thought that Fashion Legend was just as unlucky, but we'll touch on Fashion Legend a little bit more. Um, interesting to see that Boris Thornton, regular rider for Stroll again, has jumped um, or staying on Soothsayer. Yeah, Boris. Yeah. So Boris is the regular rider for both, and he's opted to ride Soothsayer over Stroll. So that's interesting. And then Craig Williams has jumped off Latakia to jump on Stroll. So I don't know where that lies and whether there was a prior booking and they didn't expect Latakia to win last weekend. I don't know and get in the field. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. It's, it's just food for thought more than anything. I don't think um, either of those three horses that I've met are a chance in this race. But I do concede that they, they're certainly horses to be considered. Okay. So the one the the one horse that 
I'm really keen, I'm considering backing as well, each on an each way basis, maybe one by three, is Fashion Legend. Yeah, right. All right, so... Last we'll start winner. Yeah, so it's one three on the trot now. So the barrier's shit out for it. Like, I do concede that. Like, barrier 18 out, out the back. Um, I love Josh Paleron. He's riding in really great form at the moment. He's only riding a handful. Like, he's not actually riding a lot of rides, but he's riding really, really well. Um, if you go back and watch that 1350-metre race at Doom in the Vaux Road, it was immense. So it sat outside lead the entire race running into the wind. It, pe- it picked up straight after, um, picked up off the top of the bend, and it just went through to the line really, really strongly. So I have no issues with it in terms of fitness levels and getting the 1,400 metres at all. Um, yeah, it was a great start to the first leg of the quarter, that one. Wasn't it? And if you go back now, and so it's, it's one three on the trot. So out of those three races, seven horses that have finished behind it in those fields have gone on to win at their next start or the start after. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, which is pretty crazy. So... I think the horse is really hard fit. I actually think it's quite a versatile horse. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where where um, where Josh Parr goes and what he does and whether he kicks up from that outside barrier to try and get a position or whether he just kind of just slots in where he's needed. Because, yeah, it'll, I'm, I'm super intrigued by it, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, tough barrier. I mean... You wouldn't want to try but, too hard to go for the lead from there. You could be, your race not, could not, be over with, before it even starts. But what I'm thinking is, we know that Spiritualis is going to jump and run, yeah? Yeah. So it's drawn two inside of it. So yep. my, this is just me spitballing ideas. It's not necessarily um, what's going to happen. So don't, whoever's listening, don't take this as like, take this as, as the gospel or anything like that. But I have a feeling that Josh Parr is going to follow Spiritualis. Yeah. Because I think Spiritualize has certainly got the gate speed to get ahead of Northern Express, Hell of a Dancer, Green Shadows, even Hell I Am for that matter. So I reckon if, if Josh Park can just follow it over, I reckon it can sit quite handy and maybe two, maybe three, even four pairs back off the fence if it can slot in. Now, again, this is me being optimistic, but I don't think it's certainly out of the realm of, of that horse because it, it's, it's shown in its last few starts that it can be quite versatile and be strong at the end of its races. Really strong um, to the line over the 1350. It's had two runs now under the under its belt, just around the 1400 metre mark. I just think 26 bucks for that horse is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. You might as well. Like, this is a, this is a super open race where anything can happen. Like, you might as Isn't well it? have a little play on something at a price. That, that's exactly right. So, I think if you're going to have a bet in this race, I think... Yellow Brick is short enough for its odds. I do know that Ben Thompson obviously rode Fashion Legend last start and has opted to ride um, Yellow Brick. Yeah. But I don't think you're losing anything with um, Josh Parr on board, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I like both of them. Yeah, yeah so I'd, I'd, I'll probably be chiming into Fashion Legend. I might float around the $35 on Betfair and see if anyone will take it. Yeah. Um, if they do, awesome. If whatever, see how we go. But um, good race. Really, really good race. Bloody oath. I like it. Oh, yeah. So I'll, I'll give quaddy numbers just so people can write them down. So we'll go back to race seven. Yep. Oh, have we, even touched on, we haven't touched on the two-year-old race. We'll do that now. Yep. But quaddy numbers for race eight. All right. You ready? Four, yep. 14. Yep. One. Two. 
and uh, I'll, I'll get crucified if I don't put spiritualized in. So put five in as well. Four, 14, one, two, and five. Correct. Yeah. Run with that. Okay, cool. All right. Lovely. So let's, let's, let's touch on the two year old race now. Yeah. So this is another, another ripper race. So this is race seven that we're talking about guys. We accidentally skipped one. That's my fault. That's it. So speed map, I have a really, really fast tempo here. I've got a lot of leaders in my speed map. I've got Skirt Delore, who can roll forward. Platinum Jubilee led last start, as did Royal Entrance. Infatuation can roll forward. Fire Lane has led before. Sovereign Fund, Miss Cuda, and Excel Dior. So I've got all of them up there on pace or thereabouts. So I think there's going to be a lot of pressure, particularly from these two-year-olds who some of them won't like to settle. They just like to roll forward. Okay, so that sounds good for something like Empire of Japan. Yes, so we'll touch on Empire of Japan. So I love that J-Mac has picked that horse because he's ridden a lot of these horses leading up. And I thought Empire of Japan last start was was a bit unlucky. And I think he was more beaten by race shape more than anything where kind of Platinum Jubilee got to the front. Remember, we weren't sure what, what Platinum Jubilee was going to do because first up, <laughs> Yeah, the horse just rocketed home in the gym rack from from absolutely out back, and then rolled forward the second start. So, yeah, I thought the horse was beaten by race shape. What I have concerns with is have a look at the date the horse last ran, twenty fourth of December. So, what are we looking at? Is that three weeks now between runs? Twenty uh, fourth. Yeah. Yeah. At least. Yeah, nearly three. Yeah. So yeah. that's so that's three weeks between runs. I haven't seen a trial or any sort of piece piece of work in between so is the horse wound up ready to go now yes i do concede paul and peter snowden arguably some of the best trainers of two-year-olds that we have here in australia j max on board obviously but i just i just have my concerns with it and particularly around the what's it about five five fifty is it the favorite Five fifty, yeah equal favorite i've got with sovereign fund yeah so i've just yeah i've just got concerns regarding that and yeah it's interesting. It's an interesting one. How's Fire Lane that beat it and Platinum Jubilee last start over the eleven hundred? <laughs> and it's, it's at twenty three. Twenty three six fifty. I know. I don't. I don't get how the market's done that. But yeah. it's yeah, it, yeah. So I reckon yeah. So that's my concerns with Empire of Japan. I did. I, I thought its run last start was really good, but I think it did have its chance. But I think Tempo beat it. Um, Sovereign Fund now. Um, it was really, really good in that two-year-old handicap, but it was a four-horse race. We've got to look at it like that. It comfortably put away Mashani Renegade, Sun Source, who we had a bit of a boom on it, and then Risky Investment. So I think it's hard to get a form guide from a, a four-horse race where the horse just let up on its own, own accord and didn't have any pressure. It's also drawn barrier 17, which is interesting. And I would have loved – I'd love to pick um, – Paul and Peter Snowden's brain about which horse they think is better out of Empire and Japan Sovereign Fund. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe the market will tell come Saturday. Well, that's the thing is you're looking at the two premier jockeys in Australia. It's going to be interesting to see which one the syndicates go for. Yeah. If at all, to be honest. Yeah. I kind of like Platinum Jubilee. Yeah. So Platinum Jubilee... um, Really, really good last start. Only it got nabbed by Fire Lane on the absolute line. I think it was what point 
0.01 of a length or something ridiculous like that. I remember I went to a, um, yeah. a photo finish and oh, it, it was took forever. Yeah. So I thought the horse was very really good. It showed its versatility. So it shows that it can go back and run on really, really well. It also showed that, um, that it can lead if it needs to. Now it's drawn really, really nicely in barrier seven. We know Regan's got a great association with the horse. It's, he, he's what been on it twice now for both its starts and trialed it leading up to its, its second prep. Um, I thought the I thought it ended up leading last race there purely for the fact that no one else was going to take it up. I don't think that was the intention of Regan and, and potentially Gay to take the lead, but it did. Um, hasn't had a trial in between either, which is another interesting thing. And they're going into this with three weeks between runs, so yeah. I don't know. There's, there's a couple of little little question marks there. Yeah, um, I mean it's like it's a it's a tough race though, really, isn't it? Looking at it. Yeah, it, oh, it is. I'd throw Firelane in my quaddie too. Oh, yeah. So Firelane was – I think it's underrated. And I think because it's coming from kind of those smaller stables, not your Snowdens or your Wallers or your Golans or your Gaybot stables, I think that's a bit, a bit underrated. Like, I thought it was really, really good last start. Um, I do concede, obviously, it's drawn a bit out, which is not great for the horse. And, and like we spoke about before, Jay Ford, like – Although he's a great jockey and he's won for me in the past, I don't think he's in the best of form at the present moment. Yeah. I think so, um, there's even some Queensland horses in here you could probably throw in. Yeah. So I'll, so I'll touch on a few others. So Royal Entrance, which is the Gabor horse, we know what it's going to do. Simple as that. All right. It's going yeah. to go forward. It's got Tim Clark on board and we'll see what happens. Interesting enough that J-Mac trialed, trialed the horse and also rode it at its last start on the Gold Coast and has chosen to jump off onto Empire of Japan. So that gives me an indication that maybe he's more keen on Empire of Japan, I don't know, or is this just Gaybot going to their default rider in terms of Tim Clark? So that, there's a bit of question marks there with that one. Yeah. Um, infatuation. Um, it's it's um, You can tie in the form lines of, of sovereign... Um, Sovereign fund there with that one, Quasimodo and Fire Lane, because it went to that um, that Magic Millions race. You know why I'll randomly host that Magic Millions race? Yeah. So it went to that race, and, and Sovereign Fund actually run that race with J-Mac on board. Quasimodo ran second, who was quite poor last weekend. And then Fire Lane ran probably just under two lengths behind fourth, and then Infatuation was a three lengths fifth. Yeah. So, but then we obviously look at the race that um, – that it went to on New Year's Eve and infatuation was really, really good, beating little uh, the little pumper, Big Boy George and Cha Cha Cha. Yep. So yeah, I don't know, I've got I've got concerns about infatuation. I know Bjorn Baker's got a good opinion of it. I think it's at right odds right odds about fourteen dollars. So Bjorn will be having something so, on. Yeah. So yeah, the, he, big like, Swede. And if you see a late if you see a late market push, you know what's happened. He's given it he's got all his mates and, and himself on it, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, which brings me to the horse that I'm actually quite keen on in this race. And again, it's another thing that's at odds. So can you see Empress of Wonder, number 16 in this field? Yeah, yeah. Annabelle. All right. So, it's, yeah, Annabelle horse. Now, if you go back and watch it start in the Callaway Girl on 10th of December. Yep. It was it was immense. So we Malaboom won the race. Now, it was Empress of Wonder was a mile back and Malaboom had an absolute field day up front. Excel Dior was funnily enough in that race, who's also in this this race. You can see obviously it's the the 
the $46 outsider. There's a C between them in price. Yeah, <laughs> but it absolutely rocketed home over the 1,000 metres. So I think the 1,200 metres is a really good thing for it. Again, though, I'm looking at it, though, like it hasn't had a trial in between. So, again, I'm not sure, knowing knowing Annabelle, like the Snowdens, they'll have the horse wound up ready to go for sure. Um, but, yeah, just just interesting to see that. I don't mind the barrier of barrier 16 for the horse because it's going to drop back anyway. And I think with this incredible fast tempo expected, I think it sets up for a horse to storm down the outside. Yeah, okay. So yeah, you like, I do concede you like the bo- horse is a – what was that? You like both of them? Which one? Empress of Wonder and Excel Dior? No, nah, not Excel Dior. Bought oh, drawn the car park. Yeah, yeah. You're talking but about yeah, Empress I really Wonder, like yeah. Empress of Wonder, and I, I you have to put it in your quaddies. Yeah, okay. So it um, was a really good horse. So if I was to give a bet now, I'd be going it each way, one by three, five, simple as that. Ooh, okay, fifteen and four dollars forty. I've got here. Okay. Yeah, so you got a, you got a good price to find out. That's for sure. Well, geez, that's a tough first leg of the quaddie, though. <laughs> so quaddie numbers, you ready? Yeah. All right, bear with me for a second. I've just got to get this sorted. All right, so quaddy numbers. We're going to go two. Yep. Four. Yep. Five. Yep. Eight, nine, ten. <laughs> yeah. Eleven. Twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. <laughs> no, thirteen, sixteen. There we go. What's wrong with those? All right. 13, 16, you said, yeah? Yeah, 13, 16. Okay. And then we'll yeah. try and trim it up in the last last legs and just get those first two legs out of the out of the way. Surely we get through those first two legs with that. I hope so. And Bloody that's it. So. And that's where you, you like there's nothing worse than going out in the first two. Even the uh, first three. <laughs> yeah. Oh, isn't it? It's a weird thing, the quaddy, because I feel like if you go out early, it feels like the worst feeling in the world. If you go out yep. in the third, you feel like it's the worst feeling in the world. But potentially nothing is worse than going out in the last. Oh, the I mean, you've times made it. I've, my last leg has bombed it. And I've got greedy as well where I've, I've gone quite heavy in the, in the initial legs and then I've chosen to or haven't gone as heavy in the latter two legs. And then knowing that a horse that I considered to go in it by putting in my quaddy wins you just shake your head or you see something that gets up at like 30 to 1 that you considered and you're like ah. Oh. yeah the only times i ever hit them is when i've gone like a bit wider in the last leg not yeah. never hit them when i've got like one or two in or three even in that last leg yeah but you know it's, who knows it's, it's, you never know yeah you gotta be in it to win it that's exactly right so I think well that let's move on to race I think race nine yeah the whispering the angel cup. why <laughs> is it called angel. whispering angel magic millions cup I, I have no idea to be honest <laughs> right who knows yeah like so, a stripper or something yeah <laughs> so five hundred eighty five thousand to the winner now I, I look at the top two in this market and you've got Emerald Kingdom and Hollyfield yeah. So they've been going toe to they've been going toe to toe with each other pretty much this whole prep. So if you go back and, and look at um, first up for both of them on the twelfth of November, Emerald Kingdom ran a five and a half lengths 
eighth to Holyfield, who broke the track record there at Doombin. They went then went to the <laughs> the thirteen fifty um, in the recognition stakes at the Gold Coast, and then Emerald Kingdom got the better of Holyfield just in that last little stride. All right, and then they went to the the Loch Nee, remember? Get yeah. there, <laughs> do that, and then Holyfield ran third, three and a half, three lengths third to uh, you called it, and then. Uh, Emerald Kingdom went a five lengths six to that over the 1400 metres. So if you look at it that way, Holyfield and Emerald Kingdom have kind of been going toe-to-toe this entire prep. Yeah. So it would not surprise me if any of them get up on and win this race. But the horse that I'm looking at is, funnily enough, is is Oscar Zulu. Oh, yeah. He's a gun. Um, yeah, so Oscar Zulu. So... He's a really, really good horse, and he's got a great first up record. He's had six starts for four wins. He doesn't mind the distance. He's had 14 starts for three wins, two seconds in the third, and he's trialed really, really nicely on the on the poly track on the 3rd of, of January. Yeah. So how I'm looking at J-Mac's been booked, which is a really, really positive sign. Barrier he one. He the Barrier one. The only concerns I have is where he's going to end up in run. But I think if you look at that that field, you're probably going to have Petronius leading from Emerald Kingdom, Holyfield, and potentially King of Hastings kicking up. I'm not sure. As long as Oscar Zulu jumps on even terms and can sit probably in those first few pairs and just needs that break more than anything and that split coming around the thing, I think he'll be too good for these guys. Now, I think you're getting pretty good odds about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're getting pretty good odds. Six fifty and two forty. I reckon that's yeah, so pretty you're good. Dec- you're getting pretty good odds about it. So, if I was going to have a bet in this race, that would be my selection because I just feel like Emerald Kingdom, Holyfield—they're just going toe to toe, and it's, honestly, it's about the flip of a coin with those two at the moment. I love. Oh uh, yeah, I, lo- I love Oscar Zulu from Barrier One with J Mac. Love it. Yeah. Hey, Vega yeah, so- One up the top didn't have a bad return last start. It- Funnily enough, remember we 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 didn't pot him as such, but we I thought he did all right with the the sixty one kilos first up in that that Valvolon behind King of Sparta, carried yeah. a big way. Um, well, Three we, links. He, he likes he likes Gold Coast. I think Jamie Carr's got one from one on him. Remember she won the she won the King, Group One Kingston Smith on him. Remember oh. when she got that gap and absolutely rocketed home. Remember? Might have been last time I was on it. Yeah, so I thought it was all right. It's got a decent second up record. We know that its first up record isn't great. With, with not, I think only two placings from from eight starts. So second up record, it's one. It doesn't mind the distance. Uh, it loves the good deck, which is going to get, and it's actually won at the track and distance before. The thing is, it's obviously it's conceding weight to a few horses. Um, yeah, we'll see see how it goes. But I don't mind the race. Um, I'd definitely be putting Vega one in the quaddy. That's for sure. Yeah. Hundred percent. What? Uh, so, how many? What are we doing in the quaddy here? Oh, this is a hard one because we've got to try and get a bit of value out of this one. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, let's go with let's. We could actually. Do you know what? Let's just try and get. Let's just try and get those top three beaten. Actually. Okay. Let's just chuck Oscar Zulu. Yeah, the five. And. Uh, Petronius. What number's he? Uh, 16. Yep. And let's leave it at that. Let's just go to those two and try and get those top two in the market beaten. 
Okay. Five and 16. Let's bold. just do that. Let's go bold. Thought let's just do it. All right. Lovely. All right. And then race 10, the, the hardest race of the day, in my opinion. I found this incredibly difficult. So yeah. if you're looking through this, you've got what, Les Ross, how many has he got in this bloody race? Five horses. Does got Alert State, Great Offense, Mashani. Probably all Mashani. Mashani persuasion, <laughs> Spanish angels. So he's got he's got quite a few horses in this race. So um, yeah, pretty ridiculous to be honest. Yeah. So um, you look at the favourite. Obviously, you got the paying the J Mac tax with that horse is really really good um, in that King of the Mountain. Now we touched on that with Yellow Brick in last start. Thought it was really really good. Um, I think he's rightly favourite, but I cannot for the life of me come into him because his, his last win was July last year in a two-year-old handicap. So mm. he's not he's not keen on winning, um, but obviously you've got the, the, the world's best jockey on board. Um, whether or not you – I don't know. What are you it, thinking? I'm, I'm puzzled. I'm puzzled by it. I thought he was good last start, and a mate of ours knows some of the owners there, and he always spruiks it. He always tells us to go on each way, and he's – Blowing his own horn last last start when it when it ran up the the second place at about four bucks a place. So I think with J Mark on board, you certainly got to consider it and chuck it in your quaddy because we're not going we're not bombing out in this leg. Yeah. F Troop brings that form line behind King of Sparta and Garibaldi. Uh, he actually beat home shooting for gold. Vega won. Um, Montenegro man who we we looked at last start um, and Zethus. So. The horse brings the best form. We know that he doesn't have the best of records down here at at the Gold Coast because he's had, what, six starts here for, for two third placings. But I feel like Tony Golan's found him out. And Craig Williams actually sticks, which is a good thing. Yeah. So he was on in last start in the Falvalon behind King of Sparta. And he's got a good second up record with three wins um, and two thirds from eight starts. So... I feel like he's the horse that you you want to have on your side, and I guess we'll get a really good indication about the form lines when we we watch Shooting for Gold, King of Sparta, and Vega One go around. So you can kind yeah. of look to. I feel like I've been on F Troop in this race before. I feel Potentially, like, I feel like I've come into the Get Out Stakes on Magic Million days on the day before and got around F Troop. Yeah. Yeah, he well, he raced in that um, the race at Sunlight one. You know, the two-year-old classic when Sunlight, Sunlight yeah, one. Yeah, So he was in that race. I think he started about, what, five, five, five bucks, six bucks in that race behind Sunlight in terms of favoritism. And I think Yonker, uh, Jonker was the other one in there in the market yeah, in that okay. race. Remember, we got actually poleaxed into the barrier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a crafty yeah. veteran, F True. Yeah, he's been around. Well, he, remember, he went down to South Australia there for a bit and then got shipped up to Golan. So... Yeah, he's, he's been around, but I, I, I think he, he came back really, really well. And the money came for him in that in that um, first start, which yeah, was true. interesting. So someone, whether Tony's got into a, like a, someone's ear or something like that, who knows? Because he started around the six-buck mark, I think, and I think he opened yeah. around like the 15 mark or maybe maybe a little bit less. Yeah, sure. So yeah. the money came for him. So someone, someone knew something or someone said something. Uh, so... Yeah. I think that's reflective in the price that he's got now. Yep. So possibly yeah, so not as not as hard of a race this one either, really. No, it could, well, we could look, we could have egg on our face, and he might come out and absolutely brain him. Yeah. Um, indiscreetly, I think we spoke about with that trial um, just recently. Trial really, really, really soundly. Um, he's got a great first up record. 
Um, Michael Carl's actually stuck with the horse. Um, he's its regular rider and has been for, for quite a period of time now. So loves the good deck, loves the track and distance. He's some a horse that I definitely wouldn't be leaving out of the quaddy. Okay. Six bucks. Uh, two ten. Yeah, six bucks, yeah. Wisdom of Water is another one that I would not be leaving out as well. So he actually, I think, is this the cutest open that we're looking at? Yeah, it is. He actually yeah. won this race last year after mixing his form lines. He won it about eight bucks, but he beat Boom Nova, Chapter and Verse, Mommy Fleece, and a few other horses. He actually beat F Troop in this race last year. Uh-huh. There like, you go. Quite comfortably. That's when I was on him. Yeah, so I wouldn't be putting a pen through it at all. Um, and then the rest of them you can kind of look at and like uh, I would guess we'll get a good idea with Petronius with Dr. Why Not, who was one and a half lengths behind Dr. Why Not last start. Oh, uh, yep, yep. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really tough race and a lot of different form lines. But honestly, F-Trip could come out and just brain these guys and then we might just sit with egg on our face. But I'd probably, if I was looking at, at um, quaddy numbers, I'd probably just put one, th- one two, three, six in there. One, two, three, six. Okay. Yeah. So, with this, with that quad, considering there's a, a few a few numbers in there, what sort of money are you are you looking at putting on that to get a how many, return? how many how many how many how many combos we got? Well, first leg we've got one, two. We got nine. So we got nine in the first leg. What's the second leg? Five in the second leg. Yeah. Two, Third leg, two. Two, and then four in the last. Yeah. So it's, if you've got quite a few combos going on there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You probably need to put 100 on it or something, right? You probably have to look around the 100 mark if you're going to put it on. So, see how you go. But again, traditionally, this this quaddie's paid quite healthily yeah. in the past. Yeah, I mean, remember with us on the Punters Club when um, away game won? Oh yeah, one of my favourites. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So remember, we we got the quaddie that year that year for um for our Punters Club, and I think we put fifty bucks on that quaddie, and it netted us, I think, fourteen hundred or fifteen hundred bucks. So yeah. traditionally, you're just hoping in one of those races where you've gone quite heavy on the on the roughies that. You'll, you'll probably get your money back. So in a perfect world, we'd love for for something like Empress to win race seven, Fashion Legend to win race eight, Oscar Zulo to win race nine, and then who cares about who wins race race 10? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that'll, pay, that, that'll pay good. Yeah. I think like if you're going to have – chucking a quaddy on for like 50 or 100 bucks, if that's what you're betting with each – you know, weekend is not a bad idea. And if you play, sort of play it like that when we've played there, because like yeah, you're going to, exactly. you know, and if you don't chase, like you're just going to, you know, if you're sitting there betting on stuff all day, like you probably, that's when you're going to lose the most money. Yeah, so, exactly right. Sitting back and playing a quaddie is probably the best way to go about it. Yeah, exactly. And just watch and enjoy. And then we can just, we'll put obviously the stakes up and everything like that with, um, yeah. with what bets we decide to go with. Yeah. All right. Awesome, man. I'm excited. I've got a good feeling. Same. So do I. All right. Well, uh, I'll be in touch with you. Uh, thanks uh, again. And uh, yeah, we'll, t- we'll talk to you soon. Unreal, bud. Take it easy. See you, mate.